When you think of China, do you think of revival and rapid church growth? Well, that's the reality of China's churches since the 1990s, but it has come with a high cost that still continues today and is increasing. In this episode, we'll talk about the difficulties and the persecution that Chinese Christians are facing today. You will be shocked by some of what I'm going to share. So let's get into it right now. Hey, this is Ryan S. Howard. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I call it Your Faith at Work because we want to get your faith out of the church and into the world. We were created to be intentional, influential, and impactful. I'm here to help you reach the potential God created you with, and I'll help you find confidence in your God-given assignments as you advance the kingdom every single day. And we're going to do that in work, in the culture, and in life. Learn more at ryanshoward.org. Well, before we get into some of the details, I want to just give sort of a disclaimer at the beginning here and just say that I love the people of China. I have worked with people from China uh, in, during my career. I've uh, been to China half a dozen times uh, in the north, in the south, all around, and I have uh, sourced business there to China for Chinese factories. I've uh, sourced business for other countries to China as well. I've never sourced anything for U.S. factories, but uh, I've had a great experience working with Chinese. They have an incredible culture of honor and respect, and it's very relationship-oriented, which I just I really like. And so you can uh, have some strong relationships and just have a, a great business opportunities. Uh, uh, but the government is a different story, and I want to be very clear. I, in this episode, I'm talking about the government, the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. This is what we're referring to. Now, the people of China, completely different story, amazing people. So, okay, with that, let's get right into it. We've got a lot to cover, and uh, like I said in the intro, some of it's going to shock you. Now, I mentioned that revival and rapid church growth have characterized the churches in China since the 90s, and that is true. So today, there's about 130 million Chinese Christians, 130 million uh, Christians in China today, but most of those are, they worship in illegal churches, illegal churches that are not allowed by the government. Now, there's only about 30 million that are affiliated with the only legal church in China, which is the TSPM, the Three Self Patriotic Movement. That's what it's called. And that's controlled by the communist government. And so there's a lot of pressure. Uh, and we're going to talk about why that is and, and some specifics there as to uh, what's going on there. Uh, why would that be? Well, there's a lot of pressure uh, and oppression from the Chinese government for house church leaders uh, to join the Three Self Patriotic Movement, the TSPM. And they really have to compromise the gospel to do that They and then join these government-controlled churches. And so um, that's a, a big part of the oppression. And, uh, well, we'll get into some more differences uh, and difficulties there. But so about 9% of uh of chinese are christians that's a big number i mean that's not insignificant that's nine percent and the rest um are influenced sort of influenced by the atheistic government it's really a big push for you know non-religious or worshiping government kind of and uh, there's 20 percent are buddhists and 20 percent are 
uh, this like Chinese folk religion. But the main persecutor in China is the government, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, the communist government. And so what does it mean to follow Christ in China? What does that look like? Well, in the early 2000s, there were there you know there are many unregistered churches and it was technically illegal but they still enjoyed some freedoms from the government intrusion and the harassment even though they technically had an illegal status but in more recent years um, restrictive religious regulations and these this persecution has increased significantly and hundreds of churches have been forced to close pastors and church members have been arrested and detained uh you do have you bought a bible online well that's illegal in china it is prohibited they cannot sell bibles online in china and there's been a campaign to remove crosses from churches uh there's been uh 170 million facial recognition cameras installed, and many of those are near churches, and those identify people who attend worship services, and church leaders, like I mentioned, are under intense pressure to join the government-controlled TSPM. And that sort of reminds me now about just (laughs) the China has a social credit system. You heard that right, a social credit credit system, a social score. Basically, uh, if you don't fall in line, it has repercussions on ability to purchase, ability to get loans, ability to open businesses, ability to attend school, ability to do travel, whatever it is. They restrict it based on uh, this social score. And basically, you fall in line with what the government says, or else you you don't have the score you need in order to uh, do what you want to do. So you can see just another part of the far overreach of the of the Chinese Communist Party on its own citizens. But I am seeing the further away that Christians are from Beijing, the more freedoms they have. Okay, so now I have a question. Education. Do you enjoy being able to send your children to school? Well, or to educate them at home? Well, the authorities in China pressure Christian parents by refusing their children and education and the grand, even the grandchildren of Christians are denied schooling. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it is literally illegal to disciple someone younger that is younger than 18 years old. Isn't that, I mean, what? I mean, so they, they, they are often charged with participating in cults and other kind of weird accusations like bad business practices or like the intent to undermine the state, things like that. So we can see there's a lot a lot of pressure over there from the government. I mean it, it's it's very serious and the but the church is still growing. Praise God and 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 people are spreading the word and people are coming into the kingdom. People are getting born again and uh, serving God and the word is spreading. So we praise God for that and uh, it's great news. Now, next, I want to get into Bibles and Christian publications. I think some of this is going to just shock you. Uh, it certainly shocked me. And you just in general, though, there's very little access to Bibles, especially in, in uh, living in rural areas. And uh, usually they can't afford them uh, where they are available. And really, they can be purchased just at bookstores operated by the TSPM, that government-sanctioned church, and and really not really insignificant numbers. So um, the Voice of the Martyrs, I mentioned them, persecution.com, they do 
give Bibles, they try and get those to where there's this massive need in China. And so that's something that persecution.com, you can learn more about how you can partner with them there. My wife and I partner with them and uh, it's just a high impact. So uh, make sure to check that out. So next, I want to get into some news stories that really demonstrate this sort of persecution that is happening in China. And Bitter Winter is a religious liberty magazine that has a focus on China. It's an Italian-based publication. And this particular story is from October 2019. And this really exposes um, one of the... uh, wild things about the Chinese government, but a uh, a church in kind of northeast China was fined uh, around $1,400 because South Korean versions of the Bible were found there. Now, what? Fa- what? Well, yes, there is a Chinese Communist Party approved version of the Bible. And um, these churches... Uh, that have hymn books or gospel pamphlets or Bibles not approved and published by the Chinese government, it's illegal. And those were taken and they were burned. (laughs) So uh, what? So yeah, the Bible is, believe it or not, anti-communist. It does not uh, support communism and government control of everything because it supports private property and human rights and all and freedom and all of that sort of thing. And the Chinese government knows that. That's why it's also illegal in North Korea. You have to come to the United States to have people talk about how Jesus was a socialist, which is a completely unbiblical uh, model. And the pilgrims tried it when they came here, uh, but it didn't work. And so that's a topic for another episode. But uh, the Chinese Communist Party clearly understands that the Bible does not support the way that they run their government. And so they restrict it and they only give people access legally to ones that they approve, which obviously have been altered. So uh, that's a big deal. And so speaking of falling in line, uh, next I want to talk about uh, how, you know, I mentioned the TSPM, the proved church, but, uh, you know, there's lots of requirements to be able to operate that. And well, really falling in line. And there's uh, one church that uh, this was also reported from Bitter Winter, the that publication I mentioned from Italy, uh, but they had uh, forcibly removed Christians from this was a, a state approved church. And uh, they something happened, the state decided to come in and they there's thousands of members of this church, they forcibly removed the Christians. And then moments later, they just demolished this building. And I mean, they carried out a raid. It was this it was called True Jesus Church. And it was in the province of Henan in the northeast of of China, they forcibly removed congregants. Two older members uh, were injured in the incident. They had, and then they demolished this one point one point four million dollar building. They just demolished it, and they had something. They said they want to use, uh, use they had to use it for something else, or say whatever they said about it. But you know, there were a thousand people in the church. They're trying to defend their rights that are recognized by the state. There, there are rights that are recognized by the state, by China, but clearly recognizing a right and uh, 
you know, allowing that right to be exercised are two different things. So uh, you have a lot of lip service. You have the right documents and words and, and those things. And that gives a good public image to China because that's what they always point to, to for other nations. Uh, but in reality, on the ground, it means nothing. They don't follow it. it. It Everybody needs to have allegiance to the state. That is what it is. And those protections that are there, so-called protections, uh, on religion, uh, practicing religion, um, are being harshly attacked by the state. And they're, uh, and it's getting worse. And even the ones that were allowed, uh, the small uh, options that they had are being restricted even further, which brings to another uh, difficult story to hear about. Uh, but there was uh, Chinese churches, when it comes to allowing the reopening. Now, remember, these are all churches that are known about by the government, uh, and are, which is only 30 million Christians out of the, I mean, there's 130 million Christians in China, you know, 9% of Chinese. Uh, and so this is a small portion of who's actually Christian in China, or if these churches are actually Christian, you know, and they, uh, but the, to reopen because of COVID and all this stuff, they basically have to promote the communist regime and they have to slander the United States. <laughs> uh, literally, the two two things required. Now, there were actually 42 requirements that they had to f- uh, fulfill before being allowed to reopen. And, uh, you know, members need to register online. They have to share health information. They have to uh, give other personal details. They have to give their name, gender, their ID card, their phone number, all of this kind of stuff. And the church has to do uh, so-called patriotic education and the study of China's religious policies. And, uh, well, they already banned preaching online. They'd have no preaching services online, no teaching. And, you know, there was a specific pastor that did not uh, get his sermons approved. (laughs) You heard that right. Had to have his sermons approved. They didn't get approved. So he rewrote them and they still couldn't open. So what did they want to have included? Well, the county government, one of these counties in China, demanded that the preachers of these state-run churches give all give the same style of sermon. And they basically were to commend President Xi's uh, as having done the, the right way to lead the people in defending the, defeating the epidemic, basically, and to praise China for its single-party rule and slandering the United States and other countries because we've got so much uh, division and all this kind of stuff here. Well, we don't have a government uh, forcibly getting people to fall in line. Now, we have seen that in some areas of the U.S., which I think we need to do another episode on. But I don't know if you've noticed, if you look at some of the things happening in the U.S. that some of these uh, leftist-led states are trying to do in cities, seems a little familiar to what I'm talking about here. And so, but back to this story, that this preacher said that um, I had to preach as the state required, and otherwise the church would not have reopened. And this, they only uh, allow these churches to meet, most of these churches to meet once a week and for less than an hour. And so the government said that uh, these churches must preach about national affairs if they want to reopen. And Xi Jinping, the 
his speeches need to be the main content. That's the leader of China. So, I mean, this is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. Now, fear not, because uh, this is a very uh, small portion of the real church in China. The growth is happening underground. It's happening that uh, people uh, don't know about uh, most places. And um, it is it is something that is rapidly growing, as I mentioned at the very beginning. And I recall uh, meeting someone when I was at my uh, PhD graduation down in Louisiana. I met this uh a man who was a missionary in China. Now he, when he's there, he he's uh, it's uh, underground, obviously, but he's there doing something else, work related in China, and he's serving to bring people into uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's incredible work. But he literally does not communicate. He cannot communicate with anyone outside of China about anything that he's doing while he's inside China. Obviously, there are encrypted apps and things like that, but uh, he's avoiding even that. He just doesn't, he can't share, doesn't do anything because it's such a high risk and it's such a big deal. So, I mean, you can see things are are very difficult over there and China puts on a very good show and unfortunately, a lot of the media and our leadership and the other uh, international players allow this to happen. They just allow the reframing and the spin and the ignoring all of the actual human rights violations and all that from the Chinese Communist Party. And it's just, it's it's really sad and unfortunate. But the great news is that the gospel is spreading and it's still growing in these massive numbers. I mean, what an awesome testament to the truth of of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that. I mean, that is just incredible. So I mentioned uh, Voice of the Martyrs and some of the work that they do with, I mentioned Bibles, is they distribute Bibles to these least reach areas, um, a lot of the challenging areas. They do uh, children's Bibles as well, which, believe it or not, are illegal. Um, As I mentioned, the restrictions on children and education even. Uh, They also have study Bibles for Christian leaders, uh, which are also illegal. Uh, And so there are also uh, support groups that are reaching Muslims in China as well. So uh, you can visit that persecution.com to uh, give to that and to uh, get into uh, supporting that, like I mentioned. So just a couple of uh, quick ways that you can be praying if it's on your heart to do so uh, before we wrap up, and then I'll give uh, sort of a conclusion here. But uh, this is just to pray that Christians will remain faithful to Christ no matter what the circumstances that the frontline workers uh who are seeking to bless persecuted persecuted Christians will be uh, just pray for their safety. Uh, pray for frontline workers to trust God for financial provision. Uh, pray for the safety. Pray for the government uh, to turn from the wicked ways. I mean, these are evil. It is wicked what what's being done there, and uh, it it needs to end. Uh, and pray for God's protection over these house churches that are still meeting and. Uh, just give them wisdom and how to continue to spread his word and the gospel message there throughout China. So that was a lot to cover, but to wrap up, you know, as I started off, the, the people of China are amazing. The, the, they're some of the most incredible people on earth, and I just really enjoy working with them. I enjoy the relationships I have even outside of work uh, with Chinese nationals and uh, just incredible people and uh, really honoring, like I mentioned, a very relationship focus. It's just a joy to know them and to work with them and to have relationships with them. 
The government, on the other hand, uh, I mentioned very oppressive and uh, has some evil practices that need to go. Uh, but we need to be aware of that. And, uh, you know, they've got the, the papers and the laws that say the right thing, but the actions don't match. And so uh, not all the laws say the right thing, but the, the ones that do uh, are not followed consistently. And so, uh, but the great news, as I've mentioned throughout this episode, is that the church is rapidly growing. They're under major persecution uh, from a government from a government that is literally anti-god and wants the the government to be worshiped the state to be worshiped um, but we can support them in prayer we can give bibles and we can exercise our own religious freedom if you're in a nation where you're able to do that exercise your freedom read your bible not everybody has a bible and talk about your faith and get bold you know now is the time people are ripe there is all kinds of I mean, you don't have to look far to find research that talks about that that people have uh, are becoming increasingly aware of the void of the spiritual need in their life. And if you're not talking about Jesus Christ, they're going to find some other alternative that is not going to be the truth. And so we need to get bold. We need to be speaking up. We need to fight for the rights that we are that we do have that God has given us and that that we want to keep. And so make sure to enjoy that. Hold everything you have with an open hand because God will use it for his glory to build his kingdom. And if something's taken, he may have something else for you to come in its place, uh, whatever it is. But we need to seek the Lord. We need to get with him. We need to, uh, like I said, be in the word so that we can be sharpened, so that we can be ready and we can be led by the spirit every single day, advancing the kingdom, doing what God has assigned us to do. All right. Well, I hope that blessed you and helped you understand a little bit about the Christian persecution that is happening in China today. And don't forget, if you want to help support some of the frontline work that's happening to spread the gospel there, you can go to persecution.com and check out the Voice of the Martyrs and learn all about that there. All right. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and you can help spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with your friends. Visit ryanshoward.org to learn more about how you can advance God's kingdom every day.